the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. We are going to get into the Broncos and Bears. Denver now 0-2 after Panero hits the last second field goal and the Bears win 16-14. Why? The Broncos lost. We will pick it apart on offense, on defense, on special teams. How did Flacco do? Garrett Bowles, the officiating and no pass rush. We will get into it all today on the podcast. But first, I want to talk about our friends over there at Pro Football Focus. You can sign up at pff.com and use the promo code PFF25 to save 25% off your order. If you're a high-stakes player, join PFF Elite to access their green line, which is game picks for NFL and college games, showing you who have the highest confidence to beat the spread, money line, and over-under. Join pff.com today. Use the promo code PFF25 to save 25% off a limited time. We will start on the offense for the Denver Broncos as they only generate 14 points. Uh, Of course, this is an offense that really did not get going until the end of the game anyways as they score 11 in the fourth quarter but had three points through the first three quarters. Now, Joe Flacco ended up actually being quite efficient in this game, 35 for 50 for 292. He had the touchdown, but of course, the big interception. Now, the touchdown, a absolute beauty to Emmanuel Sanders on a roller coaster of motions. We'll get to that in a little bit. The interception was a tough one because I tell you what, Flacco played very, very well. He actually had QBR-wise, I believe the he had a top five QBR for the week behind some of the big names like Brady, Mahomes, and uh, he played well. He played very, very well. He is certainly not the reason why the Denver Broncos lost is he was on target. He was not afraid to throw right down the middle of that Chicago Bears defense. He was efficient, and then, of course, unfortunately, just makes the one throw on on a play call that I just don't like. I, I don't like the idea that it's Emmanuel Sanders out there on an island at the goal line on a play that really demands more of a bigger body wide receiver, you know, somebody like a Cortland Sutton who can box out the defender Sanders is not that that kind of wide receiver, but in the end, it was a pass that was just inaccurate. It was thrown too high and obviously tipped, intercepted by Kyle Fuller. And quite frankly, I think the Broncos dodged a bullet there because, well, Kyle Fuller was not touchdown. And quite frankly, that play should not have been blow dead. That would have been a touchdown, a pick six of the 99-yard variety for Kyle Fuller. So certainly, obviously, a big misfire for the Broncos in that final quarter. It was disappointing to see them run so well. Royce Freeman, 11 carries, 54 yards for basically a 5.0 carry, 4.9 officially. Uh, This was a team that was running the rock in the fourth quarter, and yet you get down to the goal line, and then you change the play calling, and then you make that throw to Emmanuel. And I I just don't ever agree with this. You know, when you, uh, we talked about this last week on the podcast, these, these offensive coordinators, when they get to the goal line, things just completely change for them. And, you know, it, it just they are opening up holes for Royce Freeman. Run the rock. I don't, I, I don't know 
how I could say that any differently. I, I know I keep repeating myself, and I say the same thing over and over and over and over and over again each week. It's like, seriously, run the football. Royce Freeman averaging five yards per carry, and for whatever the reason, whatever may be the case, he only gets 11 carries in this game. Uh, Philip Lindsay ends up with 13 carries for a 2.8 average, so obviously not the greatest day for Philip Lindsay. It just, I don't get it. I don't get it. They get to the goal line, they're running at five yards a pop, and then all of a sudden it changes. I get defenses are more constricted, but you know what? That's why you win matches when it comes to being up front and those big uglies, those offensive linemen. They got to open up holes for Royce Freeman to just punch the football in. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast, of course, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirit. Chef Andre Everall and that locally sourced, rotating seasonally fare is just tremendous. And on over there, tap14.com. All right, let's talk about wide receivers really quick because Emmanuel Sanders made one of the catches that oh, unbelievable to come back from a torn Achilles. And how about 11 catches, 98 yards and a touchdown that it's as good as it gets, man. The toe tap in the corner, great throw from Flacco at, in a place where nobody else is going to catch it. Tremendous day from Emmanuel Sanders. But then outside of that, it was just check downs. It was a uh, little dump offs. Uh, Noah Fant, four catches for 33, but fairly ineffective. Cortland Sutton, four catches for 40, fairly ineffective. Uh, Royce Freeman ended up catching five passes as well as Philip Lindsay for four. Uh, but this was a team that really relied on Emmanuel Sanders to be their offensive playmaker, and boy, did he really come through. 13 targets on the day. R wide receiver core looked um, looked solid enough to win. Again, uh, made the catches when they needed to, and uh, Denver moved the chains for a majority of the time, but of course, only settling for field goals. That is a problem, and of course, the big interception at the goal line, a, a tough, tough end to a drive that looked like Denver was going to tie the game and then potentially maybe take the lead for good a little bit later in the game, but uh, obviously not to be on defense. Uh, and and look, we'll get to Garrett Bowles here in a second. I know we're going to jump away from the offensive line in a second, but I want to talk about this defense because, you know, as much as everybody wants to criticize the officiating, as much as everybody wants to criticize the offensive line, uh, my most direct heat is actually headed towards the pass rush. This is a team that is now eight quarters into the Vic Fangio era with Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and some of those disruptors up front. I don't want to discredit uh, the talents of Shelby Harris and Derek Wolf. Those are guys who can at least hit the quarterback. They have two quarterback hits in eight quarters. They have zero sacks. Two quarterback hits, zero sacks. I, it's baffling. It's hard to understand. I don't get it because this is a team that has the talent. This is a team that has the proven guy at the trigger point to make these decisions, and yet they can't even hit the quarterback. It is the biggest problem plaguing the Denver Broncos right now because the Chicago Bears, look, if you get heat on them, they don't score 16 points. They don't score 16 points. They probably score six at most, two field goals, and they probably wrap it up. But this is a team that could not get to Mitchell Trubisky, and there were times where Mitchell finally had the opportunity to open it up, 
the running attack. Look, it was a grinded out game. The Corderell Patterson run was a big one uh, in that second half. But you just can't you can't expect to win if you don't have a pass rush. And this is a Broncos team with all the talent that they have, two quarterback hits, and no sacks through eight games, and obviously no turnovers either, which is just, it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And for a team that has all these pro bowlers and these all pros and they're getting paid like it, boy, under underwhelming start to the season. Very disappointing, as many people are wondering, where is that pass rush? Where is Bradley Chubb and where is Von Miller? We would like to see you stage front at 4th and 15 as the Bears are trying to drive to win the game. Now, one of those guys answered the call, and that was Bradley Chubb, who, of course, hit Mitchell Trubisky on that 4th and 15 play and unfortunately called for roughing the passer. And that leads us to the officiating. Um, I got a lot of comments on the officiating, guys. Oh, boy. Uh, We will get to those comments next. So, of course, the officiating a problem for the game. And I should say this. Here's here's where I will start. The Denver Broncos did not lose the game against the Chicago Bears because of the officiating. They did not lose the game because of officiating. But officiating can make it very difficult for you to win a game. It was the wrong call. So there's no there's no uh, if ands and buts around it, but quite frankly again, Denver, the beneficiary earlier of the Kyle Fuller situation. The beneficiary earlier from the Goldman sack, the roughing the passer on Flacco that led and extended the drive uh, with that eventually led to a field goal. That was not a roughing the passer on Goldman. That was not a roughing the passer on Bradley Chubb, but they were both called, and that's just the reality of it. I think the bigger discussion here and the problem is this is a this is a officiating crew across the league. That is just not going. It is just not going well. Uh, they are inconsistent. They are very poor at spotting judgment calls and making them correctly. Uh, this is just, uh, it, it's it's happened in several games. It happened in uh, the Houston Jags game this, uh, this week. It happened in the Saints game. And obviously, it it happened in Denver's game. I thought Lindsey Jones of The Athletic brought up a really interesting point. Uh, She on Twitter, of course, by Lindsey H. Jones. She said, if the NFL is going to expand replay for judgment calls like pass interference, why not calls like roughing the passer? Too many bad calls in critical situations like the AFC Championship game, not just today's call against Chubb. I think this is a really, really interesting point that Lindsey brings up because, of course, the NFL expanded the replay to include pass interference this year. The expanding the replay means you do you're dipping your toe in, and you're you're getting into the reviewing the judgment call game. So thus, you have to open it up to everything, don't you? I mean, it's not just pass interference; it's Roughing the passer. It's quite frankly, to an extent, holding. I mean, it really is a judgment call in many cases. And if you are going to, you either need to be all in or all out. Now, I will say this: uh, you really, you can't have an NFL game where it's 
midway through the second quarter and you are reviewing calls left and right. Okay, you can't. But I will say this. My belief, and I've always stood by this, is anything inside of two minutes should be reviewable. From delay of game to guys being down to uh, whether it's a fumble or not, anything inside of two minutes, this game just means too much. There is too much money on the line. It, it is too critical for you not to get the call right. I don't care if fans have to sit there for an extra 20, 30 seconds or a minute or five minutes. Get the call right. That is the most important part here because there's just too many critical games with just too much on the line that are being plagued here because of this issue, and that issue is poor officiating right now. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast, of course, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. Want to get the mood from the locker room, and I'll set it this way with my interview with Justin Simmons. We'll get to that interview, and then, of course, I'll give you a little bit about how it played out post-game because, boy, some of those players and some of former players had some interesting comments but here's my interview one-on-one with justin simmons right after the game what is the mood right now after that tough loss i i mean disappointed um you know we played hard but you know not enough to win so just disappointed your viewpoint of the roughing the passer as well as that final tick down that final completion uh, what did it see from you did you get an explanation from the officials um i didn't see um, the actual call you know i saw the flag and i um even when they replayed it on the screen i didn't really get a chance to you know see it because they were kind of you know huddling i was just focused on the next play so um, i didn't really see it but and then that you know when you know the clock ran out i saw double zero um i don't know where the extra second came I don't know where the I don't know who was calling you know timeout for him but um, I guess I just have to go back and see um, but I didn't see it should that be something that should be like reviewable um, or even from upstairs I mean yeah I mean it should be I mean that cost uh, you know that that potentially could have cost the game um, you know in terms of if it was reviewable um, you know it could have helped win us the game but you know, regardless, uh, better execution. I mean, we, you know, we made them hold the ball for a while in coverage, but, um, you know, better execution and coverage and, um, you know, one more second, and it would have just been a different story. How do you regroup from this game and, and look forward? Because obviously you got a great quarterback coming up next week in uh, Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, you just got a, you know, 24-hour rule, put this game, you know, behind you up to 24 hours. Um, you know, have a great week of prep and practice for Green Bay. Um, no easy task at Lambeau, and, um, you know, you got to not hope to win, but go take a win. All right, so that's my interview with Justin Simmons one-on-one after the Broncos lost to the Chicago Bears. Of course, they lose 16-14, now 0-2 on the season, and I'm sure everybody's heard the stat by now, about 11 12% of teams make the postseason when they start 0-2. Those are long odds, and quite frankly, though, don't even know if we should be talking about the playoffs right now for this Broncos team. The mood inside the locker room was frustrated. The players were bothered. They were pissed off. A lot of them wondered how they were supposed to play their position after constantly getting called for penalties in in which they thought were very unfair. Uh, There was a little bit of discussion when it comes to what seemed like an extra emphasis 
on certain players and how they play the position. Like if the officials were watching uh, certain players, uh, and I'll throw one out for you, and that's Garrett Bowles. You know, quite frankly, this is uh, the way it's going to be when you grow a reputation as a player. And I do want to play this Garrett Bowles uh, presser here in just a little bit, but when it comes to officials watching players and watching for certain things, I do think the players do have a point to a certain extent when it comes to, um, you know, particularly Garrett Bowles when they're watching for holding. You know, that that means you are not being treated the same as every other offensive lineman, and you're basically being targeted. And I, and I do think to a certain extent that is unfair. The problem here, though, for Garrett is that this is self-created. The the reason why they are watching you is because of your poor play. It's because you do have a reputation of the holding call. You do have a reputation of being someone who is constantly penalized. And the only way to get out of it is by playing better. That's the only way to get out of it because you already know that next week as the Broncos already nearly a touchdown underdog against Green Bay Packers as they now have to travel to Green Bay this is going to be a team in Matt LaFleur that's going to walk over to the officials uh, pre-game and say, hey, he's going to go talking to those zebras and say, hey, watch uh, number 72 for me, okay? That guy, uh, he's got a little bit of a holding issue, okay? Make sure you're watching 72, all right? He's got some issues. He's going to plant it in those uh, officials' brains. And the only way to avoid being called by holding is to not get called for holding and not commit the penalty. It's just, it's a ongoing problem. This is a situation that I think doesn't remedy itself because I don't know if he's capable of it. I just, I don't, I don't know if Garrett Bowles, I don't know if it's capable in him because I just don't know if he's a very good offensive lineman. Uh, Look, we're three years into this. We're two and a half years, quite frankly, into the Garrett Bowles situation. And we're not only seeing it not improve, we're seeing it get worse. And, you know, maybe a change of scenery to guard, you know, maybe switching side. I don't know how to improve this situation because, quite frankly, they don't have anybody behind them. The injury to Juwan James is a big deal because now you have to blow your only solid depth guy in Elijah Wilkinson, and you got to put Wilkinson on the other side. And now you have an issue with Garrett Bowles. It's just a nightmare. It's a nightmare situation right now for the Denver Broncos because you have this problem that you just can't fix because you have nobody on the roster to fix it with. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and jump away from Coors Field. So, again, the Broncos didn't lose because of the officiating. The Broncos lost because they beat themselves. This, this game, Denver beat themselves, not the Bears beating the Broncos. Not even close. Chris Harris Jr. commits the uh, very unfortunate defensive holding when the Bears are in the red zone. And that gives the Bears three more opportunities. They score a touchdown with David Montgomery. The Flacco interception is, quite frankly, just inexcusable. Can't throw that there. The Broncos play calling should have called more runs in the red zone may have scored another touchdown as opposed to settling for field goals. Maybe you don't even throw that interception because you're running with Royce Freeman, who's basically running at five yards per uh, per carry. 
you don't commit the holding calls. And look, I'm not going to just single out Garrett Bowles here. Ron Larry was called twice for holding. You don't leave Noah Fant one-on-one, which I don't even know why this even happened. Why do you leave Noah Fant one-on-one against Khalil Mack? I just don't get it. What is the logic behind that? That is not going to go well for you. We already know that. But they decided to try it, and obviously it ends in a sack. On the final drive by the Bears, when you needed a pass rush to get there. Now, it looked like Bradley Chubb got there fairly and certainly you know, forced a... Um, a turnover that, that would have resulted in the Broncos winning the game. The penalty was a crucial one. But I- instead, I don't even want to look more so at the other plays where you needed a pass rush. And we again, we're paging Von Miller here. We're paging a pass rush that has two quarterback hits. Two quarterback hits and no sacks. Two quarterback hits and no sacks. A Vic Fangio defense has two quarterback hits and no sacks through eight games, or excuse me, eight quarters. And that is just, it's baffling. It's baffling to even think about it. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast, of course, presented by our friends over there at Pro Football Focus. Sign up at pff.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. I do want to get to this uh, Garrett Bowles press conference really quick before we get out of here. Uh, Garrett uh, took a lot of ownership. He's, he vows to be better. Lots of words. Just haven't seen action. But here is Garrett Bowles trying to explain his four-holding day and how he will vow to be better. Start with the positives. How about the resiliency of this offense? Um, offense moved the ball. You know, I'm very grateful for all you know the four guys to the right of me and the receivers. Joe Flacco, all those guys, you know, they put their heart out on the line. Unfortunately, we just didn't come up to win. It's frustrating. Um, but I felt so far where our offense is, you know, in week two, I feel like we can move the ball. Um, I feel like there's not really t- too many teams out there that can stop us. Um, Coach Camarillo does a phenomenal job of play calls, puts us in the right situations. I feel like, you know, there's times where we execute. Um, and there's some times where, you know, some plays go bad. But I feel like, you know, all of us, all 11 of us on offense, have fixed goals, you know, we move forward, and it's always the next play. I don't want to throw another flag, but four holding calls, uh, comments. I mean, it's frustrating. You know, I built a reputation for myself in this league of holding, and, you know, it's, I don't dis- I disagree with it, to be honest. There's some calls I disagree with, um, and there's some things that I understand. You know, I have to go back and watch the film and see what I can do, but I have the best O-line coach in, in the National Football League with uh, Coach Munchuk. I'm grateful for him. Um, I know he's going to get me on the right path. Just believe in me. I know my teammates believe in me. I know my coaches believe in me. I know the front office believes in me. I'm, I'm going to turn this around. I promise you all that. Promise, promise the country that. Promise my teammates that. Um, you know, it's just unfortunately that they keep coming after me. But it is what it is. Um, like I said, I disagree with some of them, and I got to move forward and, and get back to work on Monday. What's, part of, what's your process after you get a penalty like that? What do you go through mentally? get on the next play? I'm to believe, you know, I think I've done a phenomenal job this year um, from last year of just being consistent. I mean, I think that's the thing. Last year, you know, I would go one play and then there would be another flag the next play. Um, you know, but I just feel like, you know, bad plays are going to happen. Um, it is what it is. And it's football. You know, not every play can be perfect. But I feel like if you just continue to move forward and continue to put your head first and know that the next play, that's all that matters. You know, if one play is a bad play, you can always just get back to the next play and, and do the and do the job that, you know, you're supposed to do. Gary, you mentioned the, a reputation of holding. Do you think 
because of something like that, there's a microscope on you on every play? I mean, of course. I'm a physical player. I'm not going to stop my physicalness. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm, to be honest, that's that's what I love to do. I'm a physical player, you know, being a left tackle and protecting a high-caliber quarterback, you got to put your body on the line, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to change that at all. I mean, there's little things I can change, like my hands and my foot, and that's stuff that I know Coach Munchak can help me with. But I'm not going to change my physicality. I'm not going to change my mindset. I'm not going to change any of that because that's what's got me here, and it's going to continue to get me where I need to be. How much support did you get from your teammates after the game? My teammates all, you know, gave me a hug. They all know what I've gone through. They know this hurts bad. They know I hurt. You know, I put us in situations I shouldn't have put my, not including myself, but I shouldn't put my team in situations like that. You know, when you're playing a good team. A team that, you know, was one play away of going to the NFC Championship last year, you know, that's, you know, you got to you gotta do everything you can to, to eliminate the, you know, the, the dumb mistakes. Um, and I just didn't do that tonight, and I completely apologize. That's on me. How do, you keep from, one, how do you keep from getting down in the game? You know, you talk about going play to play, but it's still human nature. I don't even think I really got down, to be honest. I was going against Khalil Mack. I mean, one of the best pass rushers in the National Football League that we've seen for I don't know how long. Um, you know, he gave me a big hug after um, after the game and told me, you know, keep your head up, let's get together this off season. You know, I, I give him mad credit. You know, when you're going against a guy like that, those are the games that can change that can change your whole life. You know, you can put yourself in a in a situation that you can know uh, you can take care of your family for a long time. Um, you know, I feel like I did a lot of good things tonight. I feel like I did lock him and move him around. But there's times that we were going at it, and that's what's going to happen. You know, calls are going to happen. But you know, with him, you know, giving me a hug and we were talking. You know, he he said I was a good football player. Um, I believe I'm a good football. I believe he's a good football player, and uh, I'm just really grateful for his respect. And I'm grateful, you know, I get to play people like that because it makes me better. The Broncos Blitz Podcast, of course, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14 and our friends at Pro Football Focus. That's Garrett Bowles talking about uh, how he vows to be better and how he's going to turn it around, and how he has his teammate and coaches, uh, you know, hope they have his back. And yada yada yada. It's all words to me. It's all words, and, and words are so cheap because there's just no action right now behind it. We're two and a half years through this, and I just don't think it's going to work out with Garrett Bowles. Hopefully, this is a come-to-Jesus moment, and something happens. It, a flip switches, and all of a sudden, we get this mean streak uh, offensive lineman that, that changes everything, and, and he becomes a bulldozer, but I just don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. Uh, the uh, the technique is not good. The footwork is slow, and thus he has to hold. He is grabbing clothing. That is a problem. The officials are now picked up on it. He has a reputation around the league, and now they're focusing on in with a microscope, and obviously now there are going to be some ticky-tack calls that he gets called for holding. But the problem is now you have that microscope, and that is self-penalized because uh, you did nothing to help yourself get out of that situation. So, uh, unfortunate, unfortunate for this Denver Broncos offense because they actually moved the ball quite well, but they got killed by their own selves when it comes to holding. And again, six holding calls between Bowles and Leary. Brutal, brutal, brutal day. The uh, Broncos Blitz podcast, of course, presented by our friends over there at Pro Football Focus and Tap 14. You can find it on the web. Well, milehighsports.com where we have all kinds of 
juicy tidbits, all kinds of great reading over there at milehighsports.com that uh, you can go check out. And of course the daily archive of the Broncos Blitz podcast, be sure to go check it out at milehighsports.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K radio. That's at R O N N I E the letter K radio on Twitter, where we are all done for the podcast. So hopefully you, uh, if you have thoughts on this Broncos loss and their O and to start why they started O and two, does, is there a way to fix this offensive line? What do you think about the coaching? You know, a lot of what Van, uh, Vance Joseph was so uh, heavily criticized for, the in-game management, the timeout usage, you know, playing, uh, putting players in bad positions, Vic Fangio's kind of been hit with these same exact things, yet we don't criticize Vic Fangio, which is kind of interesting. It's leaving Isaac Yadam out on an island Monday night. It's the saving the timeout uh, at the Oakland game in that first half, I believe it was. It's the taking a delay of game on a two-point conversion. I just don't understand how that happens. You know, Vic Fangio, unfortunately, being hit with some of the death by inches that he exactly is trying to avoid. And those are the same death by inches that we criticized Vance Joseph for, yet we have not criticized Vic Fangio for it. Now, I'm going to give him a pass two games into his little tenure, but boy, this needs to change. And it needs to change really, really quickly. You can find more info on the Broncos at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com for a complete archive of our news, discussion, player profiles, interviews, post game reports from. Of course, the new Empower Field at Mile High. You can find it at milehighsports.com and the all-new Mile High Sports mobile app. And, of course, you can download the Broncos Blitz podcast for Apple, Android, or anywhere where you get your podcasts. Just Google Broncos Blitz, and you should be able to find it. I am all done for the day. Broncos lose 16-14. They're now 0-2, and we get to look forward to the Green Bay Packers uh, tomorrow on the podcast, a daily broadcast from, of course, Mile High Sports. And, of course, you can find more info on the Broncos at milehighsports.com, milehighsports.com. See you, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.